Welcome to the Archer and Armstrong Production Journals. I am your executive producer, Jeffrey Bridges, and I am joined by... Blake. Executive producer, Susan Bridges. <laughs> and an over-eager, so excited, Blake Howard. Hello. Hello, Blake. Hi, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. A little cold outside, but otherwise good. Yeah, you East Coasters, you got that. It's only that. a little blizzardish. <laughs> We don't, unfortunately, because I live, I live in a beach town and we don't get much snow, but it is still about 20 degrees outside. So we get uh, all of the cold weather and none of the snow. That's not very merry. No. <laughs> I'm just glad we've moved to LA, that's all. <laughs> but Blake, of course, is the voice of Reverend Archer in Archer and Armstrong, uh, which you will be hearing his his delightfully evil performance soon. Yes. So, um, uh, <laughs> well, why don't you talk a little bit about what it was like uh, for you playing uh, such a, um, I don't know, what's the word to describe Reverend Archer? He's, um, he's almost like a cackly villain. You know, he's got a very, he, he sort of revels in his... Kind of, kind of vaudevillian almost. Yes, you know? yes. There you go. Um, I mean, yeah. It's a, uh, it's one of those things. You know, I, I grew up in the South, uh, and a had a, I don't, I don't want to say a particularly religious family, um, in that we didn't go to church every Sunday, but at the same time, they still loved to, you know. Uh, talk about scripture things like that and you know i had friends that would take me to like youth groups and uh, a lot of southern uh, met a lot of southern baptist um uh preachers and pastors and things like that and and you know some of them were quite a bit uh more open-minded than others some of them were uh were basically every bit of what you hear about when you see like you know um uh, stereotypical closed-minded uh evangelical people so there was a lot to sort of draw on from uh from my own personal experiences sort of dealing with these people (laughs) did you um did you like base the voice for him on um anyone in particular or is it just sort (laughs) of a an amalgamation of people or what it's an amalgamation of of a couple of people um you know for any uh, professional wrestling fans out there, there's certainly a lot of. There's a a character at the moment um, known as Bray Wyatt, who uh, kind of has the the same sort of um, s- southern cult leader kind of uh, <laughs> craziness going on about him. And then you know, but that's kind of his. I I, I sort of viewed it as as two different. Um, sort of things there was like his behind closed doors steepling his fingers sort of you know crazy and then when he's you know talking to his congregation it's a little more um a little more wolf in sheep's clothing uh Mm -hmm. you know a little more uh uh uh, personable approachable that sort of thing i find he's very um as a character it's sometimes like uh when he's talking to um Archer and all of of their children. He he can be very theatrical. Or when he was talking to like uh, the one percent and his his cohorts, and he gets very um, over the top in in a really great way. And um, I thought at least I I suspected that something like that would be a whole lot of fun to play. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a uh, it's one of those things where you know, obviously, and when anytime you're playing any sort of part, you don't want to just look at the script and read the line you want you know subtext to be there and motivation to be there but um 
it's it's rare for me, especially with having like a, a very traditional theater background, um, to kind of just get to play the the cartoony comic book villain. And you know, obviously, he he does have his own particular motivations and whatnot, but but it it, it was great to just sort of be be very um, I don't know what the what the word is um, superficial with it almost. Mm. Or he's very, um, I mean, he lies like to Archer and to other people, but he's also very surface. Like as an audience member, you always know exactly where you stand with him and right. what he's, you know, you can always see, even at the beginning when you don't know uh, for certain how the extent of his manipulations, you can sort of tell that he's not, you know, being totally honest about things. And oh yeah, um, he's definitely manipulating things behind the scenes. Yeah, he very much struck me as the, the sort of character that would... Um again you know depending on who he's talking to his demeanor would change his attitude would change um kind of because he he strikes me as a character who got to the way that he was through telling people what they wanted to hear and yeah, he's and very manipulative, manipulative. Yeah, yeah exactly do you find um as an actor I, i've heard a lot of people say before that playing the bad guy is always a lot more fun yeah have you found that to be true i mean <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, it, it's. It, I mean, there, there's really no way around it. I mean, and that goes back to like, I guess, uh, you know, back in in medieval times when all of the theater was basically like passion plays and very religious themed, and it was kind of problematic back then because everybody wanted to play Satan, and because <laughs> Satan was very fun to play, and they were like, "Oh, we shouldn't be doing that." But I mean, it's it sort of holds true um i think that without getting too esoteric about it you know there's there's something very cathartic about being able to sort of tap into some of the less um savory parts of our own personalities and and get to sort of bring that to the fore we've all got a little reverend archer inside (laughs) (laughs) that's that's one way of of putting it yes now you said uh you have a theater background so how did that lead you into doing voice work um well i uh went to uh i sort of i've i've done theater most of my life i think one of my my earliest uh conscious memories was i think i was like four maybe five years old and i uh went to this cattle call audition for uh this movie the war um which may or may not be familiar with elijah wood starred in it but uh you know, it, it was sort of something that I've always sort of had uh, familiarity uh, in. I did a lot of plays in high school, um, ended up going to North Carolina School of the Arts for drama. But um, I guess my I my interest had always sort of been animation. And, um, you know, I've never been much, uh, by the way, uh, very, very good, a uh, very good artist or anything like that, or had like the patience to sort of learn but um doing voice voice work has always been something that very keenly interested me and i remember being at school of the arts i was almost sort of like a weird pariah because everybody else had these aspirations to you know be on broadway or to you know be in hollywood movies and you know things like that and i was just kind of like eh, i i think it'd be fun to you know be behind the microphone and whatnot, and um, yeah, it, it uh, it in a weird way was good because I didn't really have much 
competition in that sort of thing. Um, as such, when I was in school, I always kind of got uh, very character-heavy parts. Um, you know, Caliban in uh, The Tempest or, you know, um, things where required like a lot of heavy makeup or, you know, a lot of uh, intricate costumes and things like that that made me almost unrecognizable. Um just because of my interest or ability to um, to just kind of do uh, various different voices and mannerisms and things like that. So, you know, uh, since leaving, um, I've done a lot of uh, freelance voice work. Uh, nothing too exciting. A lot of, um, you know... Uh, the, Play card games online at cardgames.com. I'm I'm the annoying pop-up ad voice guy, uh, which you may or may not have recognized me, depending on whether or not you have an ad blocker installed. Um, well, everyone's got to start somewhere, right? I mean, you know, George Clooney used to do commercials back when he was starting out and everything. So, you know, everybody, you know, it happens. Right, right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, doing my own sort of um, hobbyist audio dramas, uh, uh, adaptations of um, comic books uh, done purely as like a labor of love fan project or um, more recently doing um, doing some uh, things that have been written by friends and uh, associates of mine um, or a lot of public domain work. So it's it's a uh, it's to me felt like a very natural progression. And I think, um, you know, what a lot of people tell you when you get into where when you ex express a uh, an interest in voice acting and you hear people all the time talking about like oh well you know a lot of people tell me i do a really good spongebob impersonation or you know things like that uh so i should be a voice actor and the follow-up question that a lot of veterans will ask are well do you have any acting experience and, right, and voice acting is still acting. Right. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, um, I feel as though voice acting is the closest thing in terms of a psychological approach uh, to stage acting. I mean, in film and in television, a lot of people will cast you based on how you look or based on your, you know, your recognizability. People go and see Tom Cruise movies because they want to see Tom Cruise. Uh, whereas certain people um, in plays, a lot of like play actors aren't necessarily known for their names, but known for their parts. Um, same within like voice acting. People don't necessarily know Tom Kenny, but they know, you know, SpongeBob. Uh, they can recognize that voice. They can, they don't necessarily know Billy West, but they're like, oh, it's the red Eminem guy, or it's the guy from uh, um, Futurama, and can sort of place the two together. So I think it's it's that and in stage acting are the two where the character that you play uh, is more famous than the person playing it. And in that regard, I think it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It keeps the ego in check. Well, since you've done a lot of uh, uh, theater acting, too, I guess you could speak a little to this, um, that I've heard uh, a lot of our actors have said that um, voice acting is actually, in a lot of ways, more difficult than um, theater or other types of acting because 
um, you're recording on your own. And we did the table read so you got to hear the other actors and you could, you know, sort of anticipate how they were going to say it, but you don't have a live person to bounce off of when you're recording. So, uh, like, what was that like for you? Do you find that to be more difficult? Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm very much a, uh, a proponent and a student of the Meisner technique. And for those of you who aren't familiar, um, it's very, very much based off of external um, stimuli. Uh, there's certain uh, techniques in acting, acting such as like Stanislavski, Slavsky that pull from personal experience or emotional recall and things like that. But Meisner is is a very much a collaborative effort. It's very much um, seeing what your your fellow actors are bringing to the table and sort of going off of that. So when I do my uh, my audio dramas and things like that, we we always love having a table read. Um, and even in that regard, it's it's very helpful. And and again, it is a. Uh, much more difficult uh, when you're just sitting behind a microphone as opposed to being on stage. On stage, you can emote, you can have very subtle gestures, the way that, you know, if you're expressing nervousness, even if you're not talking and you're just sort of wringing your hands, that can come across uh, on stage. But behind the microphone, it's, it's all, it all has to be vocal. Right. It can be really tough to put all of that into, you know, your words, especially because you have to say what's in the script. And so you've got to put vocal subtext into the lines. And uh, and you don't have the benefit of seeing the person's facial expressions right. or anything like that. Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, in terms of whether or not it, one is, is more difficult than the other, I think they, they certainly both express their own challenges. I think... Um, when it comes to an audience uh, member or, you know, uh, in, in the case of this, a, a listener, they almost sort of expect different things. Um, and again, this speaks more to the similarities between um, stage and voice acting as opposed to the differences. But I think that you can get away with a lot riskier choices in stage or in voice acting than you can with film and film everything is a lot more subtle you know um you have close-ups on you that can sort of pick things out um whereas with stage everything is larger than life same with you know with with voice whether it's for animation or if it's just for an audio drama the more that you sort of put into things the more that you either give say your animate animators to to work with or in the case of just a simple audio drama, you give more to your audience for them to be able to imagine. Yeah, there's definitely a lot um, that I could say that you personally uh, put into uh, Reverend Archer. He was so much fun to listen to. It was just like every time you talked, I was riveted and I loved the accent and the performance and I thought it was, you know, really great. And uh, one of the, the cool things, too, I guess, about, um, you know, voice acting is that you can record in your pajamas and nobody knows. Yes, uh, that that you definitely know. helps. <laughs> it's a nice bonus. Right. I mean, I'm sitting in my pajamas at the moment and... <laughs> Or are you? Well, <laughs> that is Use that your imagination. Need to, there you go. I, I could hear that in your voice. Right. Relaxation. <laughs> That's professionalism. There yeah. you Put go. it right in there. <laughs> well, um, 
Do you have other uh, projects that you are working on or that are coming out soon that uh, you'd like to talk about or let people know about or where they can find more of your work and uh, things like that out there? Yes, indeed. I, I know I've mentioned um, I work with my I do my own, um, I suppose the word would be, you know, producer slash director slash talent, I guess, uh, with uh, full bleed audio dramas. Um, it's sort of my own labor of love. Uh, originally it was something that I started a year ago as sort of a, um, a fan cast, uh, fan adaptations of, uh, particular comic books, um, but has since sort of moved on and expanded to, um, to original works. Uh, at the moment we have an ongoing serial called the Midnight Digest, uh, sort of Twilight Zone, um, esque, uh, standalone stories, uh, all with sort of a supernatural or science fiction bend to them. Um, our first, uh, installment dog side was very fun to, uh, to produce. I myself am not, uh, uh, a featured performer in that one. I do have, I have done some, um, some walla, I suppose. Um, and again, for those who, uh, might not be in the know. Walla is sort of a ter- uh, the best way I can think to describe it is it's it's extra work. Um, yeah, it's vocal voice, extras, basically. Yeah. Um, background murmuring, that sort of thing. Um, but Dogside is a is a story about a young woman uh, who works a dead end job, fast food, um, something a lot of people can relate to, uh, and. The unfortunate thing is, is that she also happens to be a werewolf. Uh, so it gets very difficult when, as the joke goes, that time of the month comes around and she has to request off for work. And as people who have worked that sort of thing know, that isn't always the most simple thing to do. Uh, and then there is another uh, project we've worked on called uh, The Cold Equations, which is based off of an old uh, public domain uh, science fiction story that I uh, that one I am starring in as well as a uh, another young lady um, who's all very talented but it's a it's a sort of a um, sort of an ensemble group I work with the same people uh, who are all very local and uh, I live in a, a town that's very uh, theater friendly so thankfully I know a great deal of talent that I work with uh, have the pleasure to work with both in person on stage and also uh, behind the mic as well. Excellent. Is there um? Do you like have a website where people can go check those out? Yes, indeed. It's fullbleedaudiodramas.com. Uh, it's also you can find us on YouTube, Full Bleed Audio Dramas, um, and uh, I believe we're also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Look how easy you make it for everyone. Well done. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have any uh, final thoughts about um? Reverend Archer or the project or anything else you'd like to share before we wrap it up? Well, yeah, I, uh, I would just like to say I had the, uh, very distinct pleasure of meeting Mr. Fred Van Linta in, uh, in New York, uh, for, uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, got He's to, a great guy. Yes, indeed. Very, very excited about the project as well. Uh, I got yes. to introduce myself to him and through sort of a weird unrelated, um, happenstance, I happened to meet his wife, Crystal, as well. Uh, and she spoke about some of the plays that she and he have written, uh, gave us a copy of one of them. Um, uh, King Kirby, for instance, was one of the ones that they had, uh, given out a, a sort of play that was, uh, that's based on the life and times of 
comic book legend Jack Kirby. Very, very interesting stuff. And uh, just like yeah, I think a... it's um, it's playing somewhere out in Seattle now. I think yes, indeed. Uh, and so you know, just would definitely want to give a shout out to them. Thank you, thank them for all of their support and you know, being very, very friendly and person personable. Um, and we're very excited to hear everything I had to say about the project. I'm can't wait to hear the uh, the finished project. It's really, really good. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not trying to rub it in, but man, it's just, I, I've been blown away by it. Um, our directors and our actors are turning in such fantastic work. So uh, you'll all be hearing it really soon. And um, I just want to say thanks, uh, Blake. You did a really, really great job in the project and it's been great talking to you. So uh, thanks for being on the production journals. Yeah, thank you. 